The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This with Leanne podcast and are for purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. There is an unseen roller coaster that many of us are on each and every day. Some, okay, well, most of us are on the world's biggest one. And you know, what comes up will always come down. What am I really talking about here? Not just roller coasters is your blood sugar. If you haven't heard of blood sugar balance, hypoglycemia or hyperglycemia, you're probably not alone, but you might be kind of hiding away from this discussion. What you can likely identify with though is sometimes just feeling really moody throughout the day, not really any particular reason for it. Maybe you're happy enough one moment, then you're low or even downright crabby the next. Your energy, well, that can kind of look the same, up, down, and like just bleh some of the time. Maybe you've got acne or some hormonal imbalance uh, like premenstrual syndrome or worse, Uh, PCOS, which is the shortened term for polycystic ovarian syndrome, along with infertility. That's a pretty serious situation for a lot of women out there. And then hormonal imbalance later in life, well, that can look a lot like maybe what I'm going through in worsening menopause or perimenopause symptoms that can look like anxiety, crazy hot flashes, dryness throughout, and also weight gain. What about wrinkles? Do you have any of those, no matter what your age is or any other signs of aging that are creeping up and you kind of thought, nah, I'm invincible to this? Eh, I sure do. The most serious health concerns of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and heart disease, that all can fall under the umbrella of unbalanced blood sugar level. Non-alcoholic fatty fatty liver disease that we talked about back in episode 73, now they're all associated with blood sugar spikes and unbalanced glucose levels. Now, have you experienced that no matter how much sleep that you get at night, you actually don't wake up in the morning feeling particularly rested and could just stay in bed all day? And then after that, you have breakfast, but you feel like you need to eat about every 90 minutes throughout the day. And you're just always drawn to sweet foods. Added to all of that, When your energy is unsteady throughout the day, that you just feel tired all day long, and even worse, after you go and eat a meal, and man, that coffee or that sweet thing that you tend to go for in the morning, the afternoon, or even all day long, just to keep you upright and keep you going, it's just, maybe you just realize this is not working for me. Then there's also maybe something that you can relate to like a lack of willpower when it comes to staying on track with any kind of healthy eating habit. And you find yourself saying at the start of the day or the week, I vow, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to steer clear of the cookie, the brownie, the bread, or whatever it is that you know is your go-to of the moment. You say, nope, not going to do it anymore, only to find out that somehow it ends up in your mouth and you kind of end up thinking, I don't even know how it got there. I wasn't present. I wasn't in the moment and it just, I needed it. So off I went. And lastly, less talked about symptoms that I, I believe, knowing my history, if you've been around listening to me for a little while, that need to be shouted from the rooftops is the correlation between blood sugar imbalance and mental health issues of depression, anxiety, palpitations, and panic attacks. 
Now, this could be a new one for you. And I have to say, observing what goes on with my loved ones to do with this, this is absolutely sinking in far deeper for me. Now, I recently read a stat that said that we now, probably more in North America, the Western world, eat about a pound of sugar every day. The far-reaching and disastrous effects on every aspect of your health really needs to be understood. It's further to even ending up with diabetes and all the issues that that can bring. But really, it's about how do you feel day to day from sleep to getting up to making it through the day, feeling productive, feeling good about yourself and feeling good all day long. So today on Eat This with Leanne, let's talk about your blood sugar balance or imbalance. What on earth is that? Why do you need to know about this? And three really key ways to get you to start to really take control of yours. Let's first set the scene on blood sugar balance. Now, blood sugar or glucose comes from mainly carbohydrates that you eat in your diet, and it's the main sugar that's found in your bloodstream. Now, the body gets glucose, like I said, from carbohydrates that we eat, and it fuels our organs, our muscles, and our nervous system. The absorption, the storage, and production of glucose are regulated constantly by the complex process involving the small intestine, your liver, and your pancreas. Now, when you eat a carbohydrate-rich food to keep the bloodstream's glucose levels in check, the pancreas secretes the hormone insulin and sends excess glucose from the blood into the liver as glycogen. When the body needs more sugar, amazingly enough, in the blood, well, you just need it for energy to get through the day, your blood sugar level is dropped quite low, then the hormonal cascade, the hormonal process is is that that then the pancreas then secretes another hormone called glucagon and signals back to the liver to turn glycogen back into glucose and release it into the bloodstream to keep you going. Insulin and glucagon work together to keep your glucose balanced. And that's really, really important for everything that I've just talked about, really helping to negate those symptoms. This could perhaps be something that really helps your anxiety, your depression, your aches, your pains, your inflammation, your high blood blood pressure, high cholesterol, and so much more. Now, what did you eat for breakfast? Now, I'm hopeful that as you're listening to this, that you're not like that bowl of cornflakes or Special K or any kind of box cereal or quickly stick a piece of toast in the toaster and spread jam on it for breakfast kind of person. Now, I certainly grew up with going to the cereal cupboard every morning. I can remember where it was, choosing what I wanted, like maybe some Weetabix or some Shreddies. We really didn't have any of the sugar-laden types, certainly no Fruit Loops in my house. Poured whatever it was I chose that day into my cereal bowl and promptly sprinkling white sugar on top of it, making like a complete crust of sugar before I poured on the milk, especially with Weetabix. Weetabix is really important to make sure you have that crust on the top, then you pour it in the side and the Weetabix soaks up all the milk. That's just a top trick from a from a Brit for sure, because that's something that we used to do all the time. <laughs> it's terrible thinking back about it now. It's absolutely awful. I might as well have had Fruit Loops because I'm sure my mom didn't even think about the detriment of all the sugar that I was pouring onto our cereal. And I think I, I remember sometimes I would just dump it on top and then get really annoyed with myself because then the sugar would all spread everywhere, especially on the shreddies. So anyway, <laughs> it depended on the day as to which came first. Was it, you know, like the milk went in first or the sugar went on first? Now, looking back on some of my health issues, because sometimes we can can connect the dots together. I know that I had yeast issues growing up and yeast situation, candida or, or, you know, that itching, whether it's um, jock itch, you've got, you know, itchy toes from athlete's foot, uh, you've got vaginal itching um, in, in women there, it's all fueled by sugar. And I remember having that, not knowing what it was, of course, but all I knew is that I was craving sugar and treats, sweet treats all the time. 
just a quick side story that you'll probably get a bit of a giggle out of. Now, my mom had four kind of like wood paneled canisters on the, on the countertop. I think they're still there now, even though they came from Canada, moved over to England and they're still there. My dad's still using them since my mom passed um, uh, quite a few years ago. Now, on the corner, you know, they go in the corner of the counter, like at the back. Now, one of these had white flour, one had had white sugar, another one had coffee beans, and then the last smallest one had tea bags. Now, I can remember, I'm not sure how old I was, I would jump up onto the counter with a spoon in my hand and then just dip into, into, the, into the sugar container and feed myself a spoonful of sugar at times, just because, you know, it tastes good. Now, I don't actually remember my behavior leading up to the moment of hitting the sugar canister, or I certainly don't remember how I felt like right after or even about 90 minutes later. But I do remember being called a disturber on many occasions when I was much younger and maybe even now too, but definitely as I was uh, as I was growing up. So it's very possible that there was some sort of correlation between my sugar addiction and and how I was, what my behavior was like throughout the day. Now, I happen to know about my genetic tendency. I did do the test with the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this. And it told me about my tendency towards diabetes. Now, in the genetic world, then we have these genes and the potential to go in the direction of what your genetic expression is. However, with the epigenetic piece, with the lifestyle piece, with all the things that we do every single day being like 80 plus percent influence over what your genes actually say, I know that because I've got this tendency towards diabetes, what I do every single day is so, so important. So if you've had tests done and I'm speaking to you and you have the same results or the, the, the same genetic disposition, this is for you. If not, it could be a test that you might want to find, want to follow through on to find out a little bit more about yourself. It's just like an ever-growing understanding about really these issues. And again, if you've been listening uh, to this show or podcast for a little while, you'll know the types of topics that we've talked about on past episodes that include insulin resistance, fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty, fatty liver disease. Again, that was episode 73. And then type 2 diabetes. That was a recent, uh, a recent episode that I went through um, about diabetes and insulin resist resistance and even dementia. Well, that's called type 3 diabetes these days. So there's a lot to know, a lot to learn, and a lot to unpack. Now, while I'm talking about sugar here, especially when I was jumping up on the counter, what I'm really talking about is any carbohydrate or starch-based food is what can impact your blood sugar balance. So sure, there's white bread or a muffin or gummy bears, but they all actually have the same effect on your blood sugar. And somehow that just doesn't seem right, does it? Like gummy bears, you can think, okay, that's full of sugar and all sorts of other crappy stuff. But a muffin? Yeah, I often have a muffin for breakfast. What's the matter? What's the matter with that? Well, it's all refined and really it's kind of like a, a small cake, really, in a lot of cases, especially if you're grabbing it from a drive through or bakery or something like that and you're not making it at home, knowing that it's like packed with uh, with chia seeds, with protein, maybe with uh, you're making it with almond flour or coconut flour. So all of these tweaks that you can do to your day-to-day -day foods, well, I'm going to come on to that a little bit more uh, in, in a little bit, but those are the kind of things that we want to, we want to really have a conversation about so that, you know, a boxed pasta that you've got back in the back of the cupboard for backup when you need something super quick, those crackers, this box of crackers, oh yeah, got to have those as you're going shopping, shopping and you just throw another box into, um, into, into your cart and you take it home. But basically, really anything that comes in a box that's bagged or food that has a barcode is likely one that you're, you know, that you're going for. And you think, oh, yeah, it's it's got to be. It's not that bad. It's quite healthy. And I just I'm here to say, please double check the ingredient list and know that it's very possible that it's not. Now, one, for instance, that I think is going to be a bit of a shocker to most is oatmeal. 
Now, can you believe that oatmeal, which is heralded as a really great breakfast, can increase your blood sugar so much so that it's contributing to wrinkles, for instance, and heart disease when you think you're actually making a super healthy choice. I know, I know, it just sucks. It's like, come on, Leanne, I, I've been doing the oatmeal. Now, just before you completely ditch everything, just know that there's a stark difference between flavored quick cook oats. Well, actually just the quick cook oats, whether they're actually flavored or not in a small package or not. And steel cut oats, for instance, for some, even a sweet potato can cause an incredible glucose spike. Although it really actually looks like, what are you talking about? That's a really high fiber food. And I thought if there was a high fiber food involved, then that wouldn't cause this issue of unbalanced blood sugar. Drinking a glass of juice versus actually eating a piece of fruit. So apple juice versus an actual apple. Well, that can sometimes for some people be an unknown culprit of spiking your glucose levels. And did you know that just eating grapes alone, whether you're having it as a juice or not, well, that's a quick uh, glucose spike as well. Now, I recognize that figuring out what can cause a glucose spike well, can be just completely overwhelming. Like what on earth? What are you going to do instead of having your oatmeal for breakfast or your granola where you think that you're having a high fiber food and you're not going for the Fruit Loops or anything like that? There's more and more of this coming out. There's a new gadget called um, a glucose monitor where uh, it's not new for anyone who actually has diabetes. They're, you know, they're, they're using this kind of thing. But for anyone without that diagnosis, uh, the, the constant glucose monitor, it's something that can go on the back of your arm. Um, there's some practitioners that I've seen use them with their patients to really get into how the food is affecting what it is that, that um, you know, their insulin levels, their insulin resistance, and also their blood sugar levels. And there's, as far as I know, there's only one company that I've seen so far, uh, a newer company called Levels which sells a techie patch uh, that you stick on the back of your arm and then, then you have an app on your phone. And then every time you eat something, you can see the impact of that food on your glucose level, on your blood sugar level. How fast does eating a cookie versus a um, your oatmeal or a sweet potato spike your glucose levels? And there might be other foods where you think, wow, no, that I stayed completely stable. Now, while I'm in, up here in Canada, we can't get it yet. Um, it's a US-based company, but I'm investigating a bit of a workaround. And if I manage to figure that out, I'll, uh, I'll share a little bit more. Now, I think that something like this for me, especially with that disposition of diabetes, it's, it's worth making that investment to really dig deep into it. However, today I'm going to share a whole bunch of ways, well, three main ways, three hacks, let's call it, but there's a few extra as well so that you can start to make changes to how you're eating, the things that you're doing to just start, no matter what your blood sugar level is, to really start to have, have a balance going on of any description, really. And if you don't know, you can't quantify, you're not testing, just know that there are efforts that can really have an impact as well. All right, so let's dive into three ways that you can change that blood sugar trajectory at your next meal. And I'd love to hear how you feel after following along with these three hacks, let's call, let's call them, for at least a week or two. So first, let's look at the order in which you eat your meal. So when I say that, I'm talking about the components, the, the, the different foods that you have on your plate. Now, the worst case scenario is like when you go into a restaurant and you're starving and they bring over that bread basket, they just put it on the table, give you a menu and say, what is it that you would like to have? And you're so hungry that you just dive right in. For some people, you might think that you can just, well, I'm just going to fill up on the bread first. And that means I'm not going to need as much to eat, you know, during dinner or even after dinner. Well, that pure carb, that pure starch that's going into your body on an empty stomach is going to bring about an incredible glucose spike depending on what comes next. Are you going to have a glass of wine next? That's a whole other topic. And I think another uh, podcast episode about where, um, where alcohol plays into this, but know that it certainly does. Now, whatever comes next and what comes maybe for dessert or after that, if you've 
walked to the restaurant or not, all of those are going to directly correlate with what happens with your blood sugar level after you've had that bread, for instance. Let's take a look at, you know, maybe you're not going out for dinner. You're not presented with that with that bowl of bread. Um, so let's look at breakfast because I mentioned that and the cereal. Now, let's say that you do actually have oatmeal and you're thinking, oh, damn, that's going to go out the window or the granola or whatever that happens to be. So let's see what you can do. First of all, the oatmeal, well, yes, you can still cook it. But as I said, you really have to have the, um, the steel cut oats. Just ditch all of the others. Whole grain oats, the whole flattened ones, is a better case scenario. That's two, number two on the hierarchy of the type of grain that you're going to have. But the quick cook oats, really just leave them out in this case. When you have your oatmeal, or when you have any meal, you really want to make sure that you're having a whole fruit or a vegetable first. And when, because I was talking about breakfast, really, are we having a veggie for breakfast? Well, sure. That could mean some greens. You can quickly wilt them or just pile them into a nice big bowl. On top of that could be an egg, maybe with some avocado. Now, avocado has a double whammy in terms of keeping your blood sugar stable because it contains fat. Now, fat and protein slow down any glucose spike. And that's where really the order in which you're eating comes into play here. When you eat your fiber-rich food, which is really your whole, whole fruit or whole vegetable, like your cauliflower, your broccoli, or anything like that, that's already having an impact on the cells within your stomach, the way, the speed at which everything is being digested and absorbed. So if you can eat that first on your plate, that's great. The next up would be your protein or fat that you've got on your plate. So in which case, if we're looking at making up rather than just pure oatmeal, then maybe you eat some blueberries first, let's say, or some, um, some other berries, some cherries, whatever it is that you love to have. An apple would be fantastic. Then next, you're going to have some sort of protein, which when you're making up a bowl of oatmeal, then you can't really separate these things. But in the case of, like I said, maybe you're having um, uh, you're having an egg for breakfast, which could be a seven-minute perfectly uh, boiled egg, which you then take the take the shell off of, and you have that. If it's a if it's an on-the-go kind of kind of breakfast, that's fantastic. You could then have uh, some avocado on the side, some greens, something like that. That's really I think I'm talking about this because I had that for breakfast this morning. Uh, so that really kept me going. Oh, and I think I have some smoked salmon on my on my plate as well. I know right now I have some feta cheese in the fridge, so that could be sprinkled on. To pretty much anything, and it would have that effect of slowing down the release. So a lot of these things both fall into the protein category and the fat category. So let's go back to the oatmeal. Let's say that you do want to keep having your oatmeal for breakfast. So steel cut, like I said, then you add in whole fruits. Then you can also add in maybe some coconut oil. I've of late when I'm making this for my daughter, I add in almond butter. I also put in some ground nuts, some chia and some hemp seeds to it. Incredible for extra fiber and also slowing down the release of even the oats. Any kind of carbohydrate really can never be eaten on its own, like that bread, like the bread basket when it comes to the table. If you slathered on butter, that's a better case scenario because that's a fat. So in terms of adding any kind of carbohydrate, any kind of sweet to anything like I did to my already uh, pretty sweet um, shreddies and also the, uh, the Weetabix that I used to do, you got to ditch it. So even to your oatmeal, you want to ditch the maple syrup, I'm so sorry, your honey or any kind of sugar. Now let's talk about dinner. So what have you got on your plate or even lunch? What have you got on your plate? What I want you to do is eat the veggies first again. So have your broccoli, have your carrots or any other vegetable that you have going on. Zucchini is one of my favorites these days. And what else have I been having? Squash, lots of squash going on. And then when you do something like you make your squash or you cook your squash and add cinnamon to it, or even sweet potato, you add cinnamon to it. Cinnamon is a, a spice which really helps to balance your blood sugar levels. So that would be fantastic to add to pretty much anything that you're having. Now, something like broccoli or cauliflower, maybe you could uh, just do a quick grate of some pecorino cheese um, or some your favorite hard cheese to that. And again, you're bringing in a fat and a protein as well. 
Now, when you have like a pasta dish, it gets a little trickier because everything's pretty much mixed up. But really what you want to try and do is eat more of the sauce first and into the sauce can go a bunch of veg- a bunch of vegetables. I always get my grater out whenever I'm making a sauce. I get out the carrots, I get out the zucchini. Maybe I'll get, um, I'll probably just chop up a pepper and throw that in. But again, the, the effect of the fiber and of those vegetables that are going into that sauce really helps. When when it comes time to eating the pasta, the pasta that I tried lately was, I think, made from beans or something. So it wasn't your typical white pasta or even like whole grain pasta, which sometimes you, you just if you can't test this, just know that it has the potential to cause a spike. But if you're eating your foods in the order that I'm talking about right now, you're going to negate no matter what kind of pasta it is that's in your bowl. Any starchy, sweet, or processed foods need to be eaten at the latter part of a meal. So if you're someone that absolutely has to have some sort of sweet after dinner, if you've eaten all of your foods in the order that I've talked about, vegetable or whole fruit first, then protein or and or fat after that, and then the last of it is like your bread. Like you have to deconstruct a sandwich or a wrap if you're thinking about what on earth am I going to do with this that I've been having lately? Well, maybe you need to have like a bento box for lunch where you're putting the different parts of this into the bento box. So for instance, a couple of times last week, I had the honey nut squash, which is out, you know, it's a, I guess it's November as I'm recording this. So I had honey nut squash with some garlic, which I roasted in the oven. I added on a whole bunch of cinnamon on top. Um, I took it out of the shell, put it in one of my containers, had some chicken there, and then also sprinkled feta cheese on top of the squash. It was delicious. And I ate that for lunch. I did not have the afternoon, like, oh, God, I either need a coffee or a square of dark chocolate or something like that. Nope, I absolutely just kept going. And it was a delicious lunch. And I was super full and felt really steady for the rest of the day. So that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Now, eating the elements of the meal that I'm talking about or any meal that you have in it in this particular order If you do this, you can actually reduce the glucose spike of the meal by about 75%. So what does this mean? You're not going to see that necessarily unless you've got a glucose monitor on. But for you, it means less aging, less wrinkles, less inflammation, less weight gain, hello, and also fewer cravings. Today on Eat This with Leanne, let's talk about your blood sugar balance or imbalance. What on earth is that? Why do you need to know about this? And three really key ways to get you to start to really take control of yours. Now, the next hack to bring up is have some kind of vinegar 20 to 30 minutes before you eat. You may have heard of people doing this, having a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar before they eat. Then the bunch of different concerns come up. But basically, um, doing having the vinegar before a meal can really have a huge impact. Let me break this down. And also, just in case you've heard that lemons might be able to do the trick here, doesn't seem to be quite as powerful as a vinegar. Now, any kind of vinegar, most commonly apple cider vinegar is what most people do with this, but it could be a white vinegar, it could be a red red wine vinegar, could even be a balsamic vinegar if that's what you've got, because what it is, is the acetic acid in the vinegar. So you need to put one tablespoon of your vinegar into a large glass of water and drink it. Now, the jury's out on this, but dentists might suggest using a straw as regular consumption of vinegar can affect the enamel on your teeth. Now, what happens is that the acetic acid, which basically is what vinegar is, it hits your stomach, which can slow down what the enzyme, there's an enzyme in your stomach called alpha amylase. Now, alpha amylase is responsible for the breakdown of the starch or sugary food you just ate. So what the acetic acid or the vinegar does is it tells the enzyme to work slower and slows down the delivery of digestion and glucose into your bloodstream. 
it can also signal to your muscles to get ready to store the glycogen, right? Remember that once we got glucose in our bloodstream, then uh, then insulin comes in, gets secreted and takes the, uh, the glucose from your bloodstream and shoves it into your muscles, hopefully into your muscles and not into fat storage with the help of, um, with the help of the insulin. What that storage is called is glycogen. Now it's a much better place for it to be stored in your muscles than rather than in your liver, or like I said, stored as fat. Now, amazingly, the oncoming glucose spike could be reduced by up to 30%. And what this matters, well, the reason why this matters to you is because then you don't end up with the high, that roller coaster high, remember I talked about, and then the glucose crash that happens afterwards. So those cravings that come after you've eaten lunch, let's say mid-afternoon, you're like, oh God, I just need something sweet or I better get myself another coffee. And also with along with that crash, well, what else happens? Sometimes even people get super shaky. They get headaches. Your energy just tanks and your mood sucks as well. So you're just crabby all afternoon. And the steadiness that you're trying to achieve to get through the rest of, of your day is just not happening. So get the, get the vinegar in first. Best case scenario is that it's going in about 20 minutes before you eat. Now, this is going to take a little bit of a little bit of getting used to 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 have that going on, especially if you're someone who's going out for the day or you're you're uh, you're heading to work. That means an extra bottle with your vinegar in or anything like that. Well, I know that you can set yourself up. You just have like maybe a small container that goes into uh, into your glass of water that you have on your desk because I know you're drinking lots of water throughout the day. Heating is on and boy, oh boy. We need so much more hydration from our water. And then you have this, set yourself up for success. Maybe do uh, do an alarm on your phone um, after a meeting or whatever it is so that you can then um, have your lunch and then reduce that potential glucose spike. And, and I want to know, like, how do you do in the afternoon after that? All right, let's move on to the third hack is to use your muscles for at least 10 minutes after you eat, you think. Oh, no, all I want to do after I've eaten is go sit on the couch, especially if you've had way too much food. Now, your muscles are your best friend when it comes to reducing glucose spikes. So it could just be that once you're done, you go for a walk. Now, that's super easy to do after a meal, and it helps your metabolism as well as your blood sugar levels. It could be a walk around the office. Maybe that's what you end up doing. It could be go for a walk outside around the whole building of your office or down to the corner and back. If you're working from home still, well, go and walk around if you have a kitchen island or go up and down the stairs or go out to the backyard, take the garbage out, do anything to move after you've had a meal. Maybe if you are at home, maybe it's a dinner or maybe it's a breakfast or something like that, then crank your tunes, stick on like, I don't know, about three songs and dance for about 10 minutes. Now, this is a really great way to also just elevate your mood, you know, get get your body grooving and moving, but really it's to help to bring that potential glucose spike down. You could even do the dishes maybe after dinner, not a fun thing that a lot of people think that they need to do, or you're just going to load the dishwasher, but do those kind of things with vigor. Maybe do a few squats rather than just leaning over and stick the plates and everything into the dishwasher. Well, squat down, make sure your knees don't go over your toes and stand there and hold a squat. Use those quad muscles so that you've just got, you're activating your muscles and you're waking them up and saying, come on, we're going to do a little bit more work right now. or maybe even just some calf raises while you're at the sink and just do it all with a little bit more vigor. You may not feel like doing an exercise class. It really depends on what you've eaten, what time of day it is, or what it is that you're doing. But a HIIT class or a high-intensity interval training workout improves both fasting glucose and insulin sensitivity. And really, a study showed in as little as two weeks now, gentle aerobic exercise and HIT, both of these lead to better metabolic flexibility. That's where your body uses glucose or stored fat as fuel and your overall glucose control. It's really these top three things are fairly achievable to do. And it may not be something that happens every single meal of every single day, 
but that's okay. Even if you have, uh, do the vinegar 20 minutes before breakfast, because that's really easy to do. All right, hit it. Because your what you have in the morning specifically sets you up for the rest of the day. If you have that, that carb-rich breakfast, if you don't have the protein-rich or the fat-rich food as a part of your granola and your fruit and eat it in the right order where you're eating the granola last or the majority of it last, that's going to set you up to be on a roller coaster all day long. And when you're on the roller coaster, then when you when you go up, you feel really great. And when you crash, you just, you're looking for something to make you feel better. And we just gravitate towards the sugary foods, the foods that you know that are going to make a difference. And also just know that when I say sugary foods, I'm talking about anything that's processed, any food that's processed. That could be a bag of chips. Really, that tends to be my go-to vice. Or it could be a cookie. It could be a brownie. It could be a cracker. If you don't have a cracker with a great big hunk of cheese or a good piece of cheese, then that's a real problem too. If you're eating your carrot sticks, bless you, that's so good. But you need to also have those along with some hummus or some sort of higher fat dip. Really great. Now, an overall rule of thumb is to just not eat carbs ever alone. So think back to that bread basket on the table. Now, I know maybe chocolate is calling your name. It happens at time, right? I absolutely have that situation, although I go for the dark chocolate. It might have a little bit of sweetness in it, but I'm definitely not your typical chocolate bar kind of person. But instead of just sitting down and having the whole bar, maybe just have a small square or small piece and then have like five cashews or 10 almonds or three Brazil nuts or, uh, or some walnuts or any other kind of nut or even seed if you can't eat uh, the nuts that I'm talking about here. Or if you need a cookie, well, maybe you could have some Greek yogurt or a piece of cheese and of course your vinegar first. It'll all slow down the draw towards the cookie in the first place because there's a bunch of steps you have to go through in order to have the cookie. And and then by the time you get to that place, you think, I don't even want to do that anymore. I'm going to go and have something else because I really don't want to spike my blood sugar level. Now, everyone's uh, spike level will differ as there's a whole bunch of other factors um, out there that are impacting this. Now, some of the top ones are your microbiome, the good versus bad bacteria levels in your gut. Another one is how much sleep do you get a night? How much sleep did you sleep last night? If you're anyone who knows that, you know, you normally get maybe seven or eight hours sleep, like that's blissful for you. And last night you happen to get four to six. Well, what happens the next day? Oh my goodness. You just, you're craving sugar. You're craving sweets. You're craving that, that comfort food, let's call it of the pasta, of the bread, of the pizza, of the sandwich, of, of all the foods that, you know, are more refined and they're just not au naturel. You typically don't necessarily wake up and think, oh God, I'm so tired. I'm just going to go and have like my most nutritious. I'm going to wilt the greens. I'm going to get out the smoked salmon. I'm going to do the feta. I'm going to make the egg, all of those kind of things. If that happens, all right, rock on. But it's pretty typical that that's probably not going to happen. Now, another thing that can affect your your blood sugar levels, again, more in-depth information can come on this um, in subsequent episodes, but your stress levels, oh my gosh, your stress levels, can spike your glucose so quickly. It's just crazy. So, you know, we're all dealing with so much stress at the moment. So this is definitely a place where we can try and make sure that we're managing the food that you're eating every single day to help negate this issue because sometimes dealing with the stress is not always the easiest thing to do. And then also for women, your menstrual cycle, where you are in your menstrual cycle, what time of the month it happens to be, that can also um, elevate, balance, and really just deal, just um, influence your glucose levels quite differently. Now, when it comes to your microbiome, the more good bacteria that you have, the better at taming these glucose spikes. And if you're thinking, well, I'm going to have my tea, I'm going to have my coffee, and or I'm going to have my whatever, and I'm going to add in some sort of sugar alternative or an artificial sweetener, know that there's some new and emerging research suggesting that all of those can mess up your microbiome. So what are you going to do? It's just, it's just, it's not a win-win situation, unfortunately. 
And just know that while you're maybe listening to this thinking, I just have a sweet tooth. I always have. Like, what? how on earth am I going to get rid of it? Well, eating the foods in the right order, I promise, will have an impact. And you actually can lessen your sweet tooth. If you really ditch the sugar and that sweetness for at least a month, not even a month, even two weeks, all of a sudden you realize, well, number one, I don't really crave it. And then if you go and have something that's sweet, you just, you end up thinking, that is insanely sweet. How on earth did I eat that all the time before? So you can get rid of your sweet tooth, I promise. Now, I haven't talked so much about the situation of insulin resistance here, but please know that it's intertwined with all that I've been talking about. Now, what that means is that you're the the situation with your pancreas and insulin resistance, you end up secreting more and more and more insulin because your body is becoming resistant to it. And that's a real problem and definitely a pre-diabetic state. Now, I did go over diabetes and insulin resistance in episode 134. So, you know, in a way, maybe this is kind of like a how-to after that episode to really help you to balance your blood sugar levels. Also know that I'm working on getting an expert on to talk through this more, to share about tests. There's so many tests out there that you can do, very specific tests that you can ask ask your doctor for. And also um, in terms of the levels of where is your blood sugar need to be and those finer details that a doctor, a functional medicine doctor, or even a naturopath would really be delving into and looking at. Now know that this affects all aspects of health and even the development of something like arthritis and sore joints because glucose spikes, uh, because any kind of glucose spike increases the inflammation in your body in a really broad sense. There's a lot going on behind the scenes with this one. But as you know, if you've been listening and around for a little while, you've heard me say that inflammation is at the root of heart disease. So let's get that in check with your diet and with these hacks that I've just talked about as soon as possible. Let's do a quick roundup of foods, um, what to look out for and apply what I've suggested. And then I want to see how you're going to feel. So any refined grains, obviously something to be extremely aware of and get out of your diet as much as possible. So that looks like your white flour, your white bread, corn in pretty much anything, corn chips, uh, tortillas, tacos, any of those kind of things. And a pretty obvious one is white rice. Now there really are considered ultra processed foods. So you've got to read the label of whatever it is that you're about to eat. And it does, if it does have wheat flour on it, it's likely to cause a spike. Whole grains like corn kernels, the actual kernel itself, whole wheat and brown rice, well, they contain the three key parts of the grain. So it's got the bran, it's got the germ and what's called the endosperm. And that's really where all the nutrients are to balance what's on the inside. Loads of B vitamins in these outer parts of these grains, which are crucial for helping to balance your blood sugar. And it's also where all the fiber is. So it really helps lessen the release of that particular uh, particular grain. Now, a special note for anyone that really is like, please don't take my bread away. I've got to have some. Sourdough bread, for some reason, it seems to cause less of a spike than yeast risen bread. So go for your sourdough types as opposed to your typical. All right, next food to look out for is processed in seed oils like soybean oil, canola oil, corn oil, or that whole mixture of vegetable oil. Now, they're the most common sources of fat that you're going to find in your packaged foods, and they really are the worst oils for any type of metabolic health. They contain really high amounts of linoleic acid, which is an omega-6 fatty acid, And can you believe that that prompts your fat cells to store more fat and, of course, increasing the risk of obesity and overall insulin resistance? Next up, sugar, fructose, dextrose, high fructose corn syrup, or any of the other 50 names that they call sugar is definitely a no-go. So look out for short ingredient lists that have like real names on them. And they maybe have whole seeds or nuts or any kind of ingredient that you recognize because it's far better than a super long list of ingredients and what you see in your crackers 
or uh, on the cereal again. And even in things like canned products as well, there's an awful lot of sugar that goes into some of those. So it's really important to have a look. If a food contains added sugars, refined seed oils, wheat flour, or high levels of sodium, it's a pretty good idea to stick that one back on the shelf. Now, supplements for a better glucose balance. Now, it's a pretty long list, so I'll try and keep it as short as possible. But as I just mentioned about what's on the outside of like white rice, and if you're choosing brown rice, then that's where the B vitamins are. So top of the list is having some B vitamins. So over on SproutRight.com, you'll find the liposome B complex liquid. If you've heard me talk about this before, I put this in with my my kin kid boost or my uh, skin boost. Um, that is the antioxidant and superfood powder. That's tremendous for blood sugar balance as well and keeping your cells um, protected from inflammation because that's really what's going on here is all this inflammation as well. And we want to protect the cells as much as possible with the antioxidants that are in that. So in my glass goes my kid boost or my skin boost, one scoop of that. Then I put in the liposome B complex liquid. I also then add in Alka-C. Now the mineral zinc, selenium, and vitamin C, now these are essential also for your blood sugar balance. So that also goes into my drink. Mix that up, throw in what else have I got going on in there? The collagen liquid goes in there, which I've really been helping um, find helping uh, create strong nails. My hair is growing longer, but thicker and stronger, which is absolutely amazing. So there's a lot that you can do just with this one little drink that you're having every single morning that really packs an absolute punch. Now, there's also uh, vitamin D. Vitamin D3 is really important for not only your immunity, your respiratory health, but also for blood sugar balance. So Sunshine D3 plus K2 is a Take This by Leanne supplement, as well as the Kid Boost Skin Boost and the Alka-C. Um, so you can add those into your cart, as well as Omega Boost. Those fats, those essential fatty acids, the Omega-3s also help with the inflammation the structure of the cell wall, because when you're eating too much sugar, there's such incredible damage. And please know that every time I keep saying sugar, I'm talking about that refined food, refined foods, those carbohydrates, those starches is really what I'm talking about here. And they cause such damage to your cells. So everything that I'm talking about is to protect your cells. Magnesium, absolutely worth a mention here because we just don't have enough magnesium. Magnesium is used up in stress. It's used up by your muscles. It's just used up, used up, used up. So taking a supplement, I take between 300 and 400 milligrams a day, um, typically before bed or maybe 300 before bed, an extra one in the morning if I need a little bit of extra energy because maybe I haven't slept very well. I've had a few hot flashes at night. It's just kept me up a little bit more. So there's a few things that you can do with magnesium that can help your sleep as well, which of course in turn helps your, uh, helps your blood sugar balance the next day. And another one on the list is BioA Curcumin. Now, this is a Physica product. Again, you'll find over on SproutRight.com. Be really specific about the, um, the turmeric or the curcumin that you use. Curcumin is actually the component which is in turmeric that you want to be having in really high levels. So the, the Physica product, the BioA Curcumin, is 500 milligrams per capsule. So it's really up there. Very anti-inflammatory. Really amazing for helping to balance your blood sugar. So, so important to have any or all of these going into you every single day. Now, remember, get your food right. Try out the order of what you're eating with your meal. Have those whole, the, the, um, your fruit or your vegetable first, then followed by, uh, followed by your protein or your fat next. And then anything that's more refined or, or a pasta or a bread or anything like that goes at the tail end of your meal. And hey, who knows? By that time, you might say, actually, I don't really need the starch or the carbohydrate at the end of the meal. You're also going to take that one tablespoon of vinegar in a large glass of water about 20 minutes before your meal. Use a straw just in case, depending on how often you're having, uh, you're having this drink. And then exercise dance, do a few push-ups, hold a plank, or just kind of stand there and uh, stand there and do a few um, 
a few squats. That's another great thing to do after your meal to use those muscles and encourage everything to go into those muscles and balance your blood sugar. Now, please know that this is the tip of the glucose and blood sugar iceberg, but I hope in this episode, it really gives you some serious practical tips that you can start implementing at your next meal. There are all sorts of foods out there. There's all sorts of situations that happen, which are not your best case scenario, and maybe you know it, but you know, having a little bottle of vinegar in your bag might be the thing to do. If you're okay with it, you could probably just chug it and then have a bottle of water along with it. It doesn't have to be mixed up if that's something that you really find that you need to do super quick before you get going um, onto your next meal because you're running behind or you're just having a day. Oh my gosh, all these things happen. Not every day is going to look the same, but any of these Uh, these suggestions, any of these hacks that you can start to implement into your day, well, they're going to impact and they're going to help. And that's a really good thing. Now, has this helped? I want to know. Why don't you pop a comment into the social media post that goes out uh, telling you a little bit about what it is that we're talking about each week over on social media, um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You'll find me at SproutWrite and also Leanne Phillipson. You can send an email through leannephillipson.com or even SproutWrite.com while you're checking out your supplements over there. Send me a question if you've got one. We'd love to hear all about it rate and subscribe eat this with leanne so that others know that this is worth a listen so thanks as always for being along i'm really trying to go through all of these concepts as i find them but if you've got a concept or an idea that you want me to talk about i'm all ears i've just told you how to get in touch with me so send me a note and let me know what's burning for you right now i've had a lot of people reach out to me of late somebody said oh high blood pressure have you done an episode on that? And I guess they just missed it. So I told them which one to head back to because sometimes with the podcast episodes, you jump around all the time and you're not listening to them one week after the next. So I'm happy to help you out with that. So as always, thank you so much for being along. I really appreciate your attention and your willingness to educate yourself so that you're going through life feeling empowered knowledge is power and that's my goal for eat this with leanne and that's why i put so much time and effort into getting everything together so that i can share it with you on the show and on the podcast so thank you thank you for being along and being willing to learn and let's just finish off as always saying thank you so much for being with me and please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time